and welcome to the Professor Jones and the Digs podcast. My name is Dave Jones, and I am the Professor. My name is Danny Jones, and I am the Digs. Professor Jones is a podcast dedicated to the art of film and cinema. And this week, uh, the Diggs and I are, are very excited to announce that we are kind of revamping or changing the way we're doing things a little bit. We're not going to stir it up too much, but... Spring cleaning. A little spring cleaning, that's right, since it is May go. now. Uh, it's going to be May. May. But... Before we were doing kind of like three movies in a theme and each month we try to do a different theme and we're trying to see as many new movies as we can so we've been kind of debating whether to go start seeing new movies or we want to do the themes and so we thought that it might be a good idea to just pick a theme and we'll run with it for as long as we want to until we don't really want to watch any of the more movies in that theme which will probably be usually four to five movies within that theme. So Yeah, four to five, yeah. Yeah, and it makes sense. 45 movies. And <laughs> <laughs> until maybe about 45, 50. <laughs> we're going to be getting into some really weird movies with this theme. So we're going to do so, year, we're going to do annual themes. Uh <laughs> 365 days, 365 movies. An entire uh, an entire year of rom-coms. It'll be just an absolute blast. No, but uh this is actually so we're starting this starting off this new this new phase in our podcast with with the theme that I have been most excited and Danny can attest to this that I have literally been talking about this theme this theme since the second we brought up having a podcast. And that theme is Aliens. I know I stole the joke. I should have just let you do it. But um, yeah, so we're going to talk about aliens for the next probably, I don't know, two months. And I am so stoked because there are so many good next couple years of our lives. We're going to be talking alien movies. And I don't think we're actually going to talk about alien because we already did alien covenant. And uh, I think we reached an agreement. Hey, that hey. we're not going to, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we feel we're like not going to talk alien. about the Ridley Scott films and the, uh, we, I don't James know. If we, I don't know if I feel like going back aliens. to those right now. It just, I watched them all well, after right before covenant and it just seemed yeah, right like before covenant and covenant kind of struck a weird chord with me. So, um, I'm not, I'm not too, uh, too high on, watching any of those movies right now i think it was mostly just fassbender kissing himself that was weird for me (laughs) (laughs) no uh but so we are starting off alien month with the uh absolute classic a movie that danny has not been that excited to go back and visit uh but i have a feeling that we might have changed his mind a little bit uh so we are talking steven Steven Spielberg's 1982 classic E.T. the e. extraterrestrial E.T. The extraterrestrial E.T. entertainment tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm so stoked because E.T. is freaking amazing. But anyway, let's get moving with the bro down and then we can jump in uh, and talk about E.T. So Diggs, why don't you uh, why don't you start us off on the on the bro down here? I've been talking for a while, so you go ahead. Okay, yeah, that sounds great. Um so the other night I was sitting around, uh, didn't have much going on, just kind of decided to relax, turn on a movie. And so I saw on, I think it was Amazon prime, um, uh, the movie split by M night Shyamalan. It's one of those movies that kind of just passed me by. I heard good things. And so I decided to turn it on, uh, and I was by myself, uh, here, turn the lights off and it was actually, I don't know. 
I got pretty scared at a couple parts. <laughs> um, I think I was telling you that there was one point where the light turned off too. Like in my apartment, oh, like yeah. one of the lights kind of just went off and it's like, <laughs> I don't know. What do you even do in that situation? It's just like, okay, well that happened now. I don't think it's burning out. I think that's absolutely ghost. Um, but anyway, so I ended up watching the movie. Um, it kind of blew my mind. It was a really great movie. It's not like it's the best movie ever made or anything like that, but um, I was looking forward to watching it. I didn't expect much, and it it definitely exceeded my expectations. Especially James McAvoy, uh, his performance in it was just kind of I don't know crazy. And so it's the best he's been um, since Tumnus, man. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, he's a first class actor. Hey, hey yeah, that um, was good. Um, so well, he you takes know, pride uh, over prejudice. You know what I'm saying? Oh, isn't he in that? Oh, I don't think he is in I that. I don't think oh, so, man. He's definitely not. I'm going to have some atonement um, to and make Pride for Prejudice that comment. is a movie that I actually, my banner waves for that one. Um, funny enough, I've probably seen that movie like six times or seven times. Yeah, I've never seen it once. And uh, it's really good. The I know. It's really great. It seems, like every, it seems like many girls are always like, Pride and Prejudice is my favorite movie. It's like, oh, cool. It's, I don't know. I cry every time. Anyway, um, Mr. Darcy. Uh, anyway, um, so I'm watching this movie. Big spoiler alert! Uh, big spoiler alert! If you have not seen Split, do not listen to the next like ten seconds. Uh, actually, I won't spoil anything. There's a scene at the end of Split that um, involves a character from the movie Unbreakable that M Night Shyamalan did, and so it. Uh, it kind of like ties together these two films and I hadn't seen unbreakable probably since it came out in theaters. Um, I don't even know if I saw, I don't know. I was pretty young when that came out. I don't even remember seeing it. Um, I know I did. I, I don't know. So I was sitting there. It was, I still had a few hours before I wanted to go to bed. So I was like, okay, well might as well just turn on unbreakable now. So I turned on Unbreakable and it was really great too. <laughs> I hadn't seen, you know, I was just kind of like, wow. And, I love that uh, scene in kinda... Unbreakable when he keeps adding stuff to the bench press and his, you know, it's oh, like him I and his know. kid are bonding and he's like getting, you know, buckets of paint and putting it on there. I, I always thought that was a cute scene. And it's, it's the great. kid from Gladiator. It is. Not a it fan is. of that the actor. Great. But you don't like him? No, he's always been a little, I don't know. Alien face kind of. <laughs> Um, maybe <laughs> maybe oh, we're talking to aliens um so yeah i don't know i finished that movie and it just okay so m night Shyamalan butchered last airbender and avatar the last airbender is like my favorite thing on this earth the tv show it's like it's my favorite thing and so when he did that uh you cross the line, your nuts are mine. You know what I mean? That kind of, it's like, it's, it's like he blew it to a point to where I was so mad and I completely just disowned him as a yeah. director. I said, you know what? Screw you. I enjoy signs. I'll keep watching that just because I love Mel Gibson and, and I enjoy that. But like, I, I kind of put him on the blacklist and, uh, watching With those James two Spader. movies the other night. Na- yeah. Um, <laughs> God, how long did it take you to think of a spade joke? Is that what that was? No, there's a show on whatever channel with James Spader called Blacklist. Oh. I thought... Not to be confused with Chris Hemsworth's Black Hat. Gosh. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, 
so yeah, I, I, I just want to say that I have new feelings about M night Shyamalan recent. Um, some things have come to light dude. Um, and, uh, I think he's great. I was, I was really paying attention to his directing in unbreakable. And there's a lot of scenes like in the beginning, he's on a train and he decides to shoot Bruce Willis, like through seats. He's like looking at him through the seats that are right in front of him. And, uh, he's just very creative. And, uh, also, um, Split and Unbreakable are going to be followed by a a sequel to both movies called Glass coming out next year, and so that has me pretty excited as well. So I I don't know I'm rambling. I don't what know are your thoughts on M Night Shyamalan. And here's the, so I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know if we necessarily need to keep going in that universe. I don't think that Unbreakable had this following that people are going to be so excited to be to see Mr. Glass again, you know, it's just like I mean, but whatever. It could be it could be fine, but M Night Shyamalan is this really interesting director because he had so much early success with Sixth Sense. I mean, it was just incredible. And then Signs after that was so amazing and those two movies pretty much just gave him the license to do whatever he wanted. And then he comes out with all these movies that are pretty meh. You know, it's like the village. I actually enjoy the village quite a bit, but you know, a lot of people had you know ill reservations about it. And then he moves on to, I'm trying to think of what he did after the lady in the water, which wasn't lady quite in the water. Wasn't too great. Uh, the happening, which is a really bad movie, but I don't think that that's necessarily completely the fault of M night Shyamalan. I think that a lot of that burden, uh, goes with Marky Mark because Marky Mark, <laughs> is seriously horrible in that movie. He's so bad. I oh my gosh, it's crazy. But I, I don't know. If, where are the bees? Where are the bees? Where, where? And I just I just think it's it's a bad casting decision. Maybe it's not even Mark's fault because he just shouldn't have been in that role. And same with Zoe Deschanel. But anyway, the happening sucks. Um, but yeah, the Airbender. It was an atrocity and I hated every moment of it. And it's kind of one of those things that we all went and saw the last airbender. And for most people, they were just like, Oh, that movie sucked. But for us, it was so important to us. And I think that we all kind of just left the theater. Like that was so bad that I don't even want to hate on it. I just want to forget that it even happened. I don't want that to have ever existed in my life because that was just, Oh my gosh, that is horrible. Um, and not to try to not to try to give Shyamalan a break, um, but I, I was listening to a podcast about The Last Airbender um, not too long ago, a podcast by the name of Blank Check with Griffin and David, which is a really good podcast. Shout out to them. But they were talking about they were talking with somebody that had actually been in the production. And I guess that there was like a ton of studio interference. And it's because Shyamalan had been so unsuccessful with his last couple movies that they didn't have that he didn't have the confidence of the people that were putting the money into this thing. So he was forced to be making decisions with them and, you know, cast people that he probably didn't want to cast and make the story go in directions that he didn't want to go. Like the first draft of that screenplay was actually quite funny. And they took so much of the humor out because they wanted to, they wanted to mirror what had happened with like, you know, movies like the dark Knight or Watchmen and like successful movies of that time that were so serious and so dark. Oh yeah. They really did a good job of that oh, man. but it's just it's just like they just forgot who their crowd is and it's it's so horrible and the last airbender was just terrible um but anyway so it, yeah i mean it sucks that Shyamalan he fell so hard but split is a breath of fresh air and i didn't see the visit but i heard the visit i heard that one was good too yeah the, he has like two two new movies that that are pretty good so 
yeah, I heard the visit was quite good and uh, Split was Split was fantastic. I really have no inkling to watch it again. I don't think it's a movie that I'll seriously ever sit down and oh, watch again yeah. in my life. Yeah, like, same here. One time for me and it was fun. I had a blast, but I don't really need to watch it again. Uh, some of that stuff with the uncle, I just maybe that actor that played the uncle. Like oh, it was like creepy I know stuff. The actor you're talking it was about. creepy stuff, but like it was just I don't know. Didn't love it. But the thing is, it was like well done though. <laughs> I feel like he was a good cast because he really made you hate everything about all that. No, it's true. Yeah, you did. You did hate that, but it was it was interesting. Isn't that guy in House of Cards? Maybe. No, the dad oh, is. Oh, the dad. The yeah. dad is. Yeah. 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 He's he's in the first season. Right. Anyway, well, interesting though. I I don't know. I uh, I I honestly think that if Shyamalan is getting back into making good movies, I'd rather he didn't spend his time on that project. I would rather he try to do something fun. Oh, After Earth is the other one that we talked about that we we didn't mention. After Earth is horrible. Will Smith? What's... Oh, I didn't even see it. Me I neither. didn't see it. Me I saw it got like I've a actually, 9% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. I read a review online. I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the brochure. I You know, I'm good. Yeah. No, but I, I've seen scenes of it, and it's not great from those small scenes. So I don't know. Yeah. I think that, I think that, uh, Shammy could be doing some different stuff and, but whatever. I mean, I'll go see it. I'll definitely be there probably opening night because if there's anything to be a fanboy about, I probably want to be a fanboy about it. What's his real name? I don't know. I was just thinking that M night Shyamalan. I don't know what his first name is. How Mark. did that come to be? You know, it's like so funny. All these, directors all, all my life have been like oh yeah m night Shyamalan." but now i'm actually thinking about it i'm like how did you get that how did you get that name jr tolkien you know jk rowling yeah. it's just how they do it i mean those are authors but still mark knight Shyamalan. malkovich knight Shyamalan. malkovich knight malcontent <laughs> malcontent <laughs> It's probably, I mean, it's probably an Indian name. It's like, uh, I don't know what, I don't know what Indian name that starts with M, but. Marma. Wish, wish I did. Yeah. Yeah. Malamute. No, I don't know. Just starting with the, thinking of things that start with M. We'll cut Malfoy. that out. Malfoy. <laughs> we'll cut all that out. <laughs> um, yeah, anything more on M. Night Shyamalan you want to bring up? Uh, no. No, good. <laughs> no, um, but you know, it's just interesting to me. No, no, I agree. I agree. It's definitely strange. Um, I I don't really have much of a bro down uh, because I do want to get to ET, and we have less time than we'd like to today, so we kind of got to get moving on ET. But uh, something has been happening a lot online, and it's just bugging me so bad because it just seems like humor that is so stupid. And I am judging, and I'm sorry if you do this, but people that put up a little gif of like somebody doing something and it says actual footage of me doing this. You know what I'm talking about? Mm, Yeah. Where it's just like actual footage of me waiting to go or like actual footage of me going to work and it shows like an animal just like rolling around and not wanting to get up or something. I don't know. It falls in the line of like gifts that are just overused and it's just, it's getting so tiresome to me. And I think that there's, I don't know, internet humor and stuff just irritates me a lot. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's all annoying, man. 
it's all very annoying. It's just there's so there's so much access on everybody's cell phone now for gifts and everything, and used in the right way, I'll laugh. You know, um, sometimes people get me. You know, they'll send especially if it's Chris Farley. If you use Chris Farley in a gif, you know, I respect you immediately. And then, um, you know, it's always very funny. But yeah, I can understand that. I think. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just trying too hard and also just, I mean, but that this steers a whole nother conversation, you know, it's just about social media in general. Well, and, and I think that, that like, you know what I mean? And this sounds horrible, but I think like the average person like just doesn't have that funny of a sense of humor and they don't like understand memes or gifts and stuff like that. Like people misuse memes so much and it's just like, Uh, (laughs) why would you post that? Like you just, you don't get it. And I think that that's, that's probably not fair for us. Like for me, I've been like an avid Redditor for, I don't know, four or five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm big into it. I know what's going on, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like if you read it, my last post got like 32,000 on Reddit. No no big um, deal. We got on the front page, but so yeah, it's, uh, you know, (laughs) But, like, I'm on Reddit a lot, and so I feel like I'm up to date on the culture of social media or at least, like, the jokes on the Internet. And I think that so much of what you see on Facebook is just, like, ah, people are so dumb. (laughs) People are behind the times. People are doing what we did in 2015. I don't even know what I'm I'm trying to say. It's not like they're just – I don't know. People make dumb jokes it on the just internet. Bugs you. And it bugs the it. crap out of me. I get it's it. just super it. irritating. But a I lot mean, of it What are you gonna a do? A lot of it's Facebook. I think a lot of that is Facebook. Um you don't see it as much. Well, actually, I don't know. You see it on Twitter too and and stuff. I spend a lot of time on Reddit now just because yeah, it does feel like a a smarter humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um uh it, everything's a little bit more witty on there. But yeah, like I said, everybody has access to these things now. You can download an app that's a meme generator and do whatever you want, you know. Um, so if you want to try to be funny and do it, just feels like everybody kind of everybody at least tries to do a meme or do something or, you know, I feel like everybody, at least a lot of people just feel like they need to post, you know, they need to post something. Every day. And that even includes me, you know, I'll be sitting here and I'll be like, ah, I should say something on Facebook or say something on Instagram or say something on Twitter or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a problem. It's an addiction problem that is a lot deeper than, than, uh, just people having bad humor. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> these cell phones and social media is just, uh, it's a, it's a big problem and it's, if you want to get into, you know, all that we're we don't need to at all, but I'm just saying like, I think that's a much deeper conversation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, there's a whole nother side to it. That's like a little bit darker. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing with the internet is that there's just a lot of people that are able to use the internet as a platform to post stuff that is just strange in a lot of areas and stuff that I necessarily don't get or agree with. And I don't think I'm in the minority. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, yeah. I get you, but whatever, what can you do? But when I go to work, I do feel like, 
a raccoon laying on my back going, I don't want to go. <laughs> but there so is some dumb. validity to these posts, David. Actual footage of me. It's like, it's not actual footage of you doing anything. It's a raccoon. That is not you. I don't know. I just think I'd like it better if it just said me when I'm going to work. Instead of actual yeah. footage, because it's like it's not actual yeah. footage. I think it's just an overused joke. Like the first time it's I saw it, I chuckled, yep. but now everybody's doing that stupid gif. And it's like, ugh, it's a bore. I don't know. I'm over it. I'm over it. No, it was a and raccoon. <laughs> 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 no, I saw the one you're talking about. It's not. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Very funny. TBS. Um, yes. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think it's time to dig into the movie E.T. Uh, this is a funny one because for so freaking long now, you have always just hated on this movie. Um, always <laughs> just saying, always just saying that it's so bad. And, um, you know, I hadn't seen it in a while, but I watched it and I just loved it. I mean, it is so good. And I can't understand why anybody would ever. So um, false. <laughs> <laughs> ever hate it no um it, okay so there's no but there's a reasoning behind me saying i didn't want to watch this movie and saying that i hated it so much it's because it's heartbreaking at times it's very heartbreaking and it makes me feel emotions that i don't want to feel you know uh, that i'm almost not prepared to feel you know i know that sitting down to watch this movie means Got to have the tissue box right there. Got to have, you know, you got to be ready. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it just delivered, (laughs) you know, I'm sitting there. (laughs) I just watched it a couple hours ago, hour ago, and I was bawling like a little baby (laughs) at the end. Um, I had a little blanket wrapped around my head, (laughs) Just, (laughs) just like him. But, uh, yeah, no general thoughts, man. I mean, this movie, it's just Spielberg magic and you got John Williams, um, backing him up and, uh, it just, it doesn't get better than this. It's, um, you know, after watching ready player one, two and seeing, you know, kind of modern day Spielberg and then going back to this, uh, it makes me want to watch, you know, his other films as well. Um, you know, I feel like I watch a lot of them often, but I'd like to watch hook maybe sometime soon and, um, and stuff, but yeah, it's just, it's so good. And to, and to, to see that it's made, it was made in 1982. I know it's so old and it looks so good. It looks so great. And he just did such a good job. It's such a foreign story and just weird, you know, I can't even imagine seeing this. Just like alien comes down, boy makes friends with alien guys after him. You know, it's just, I can't really imagine seeing this for the first time. And I can imagine seeing this in theaters in 1982 would have been a mind blowing experience. Yeah. You well, know? and that's, you know, when Steven Spielberg made this, he thought that it was going to be like a children's film and that it wouldn't make much money. And then it went on to be the number one movie of all time. It made more money than anything had at that point, even star Wars. So, I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's unbelievable. Also, I drew a picture of ET. I know I kind of showed you, <laughs> but what are your thoughts on my picture here? They look fantastic. Yeah, really good stuff. The one on the left is terrible, but the one on the right is a lot better. (laughs) He has a picture, one of E.T., and then the other one's E.T. with the hair on, and it doesn't look great, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> I think the one on the left's a little better, but whatever. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <Everything>. <laughs> um, all right, man. What you go? You go ahead, bro. No, um, and I think that this is. It's something that I forget about it every time I watch it because when I think of my favorite Spielberg films, you know, the the generic ones really come to mind and I think okay, Jurassic Park is probably his best work or Saving Private Ryan's probably his his strongest film and uh Schindler's List is definitely the best movie he's ever made. It's not necessarily something you want to watch all the time. Um, but E.T., because it's such an older film, it does get left behind a little bit. Um, but I think I think if I'm looking at his his entire field of work, uh, I think E.T. might be my favorite Steven Spielberg film. And I know that it is his favorite film that he's ever made. And it's just... It's an unbelievable masterpiece. Like, it is such a freaking feel-good film. And in the context of what we're talking about, and we kind of want to dig into different alien movies and and see how different interpretations of um, different directors and different writers and what they've thought aliens could and would or should be, uh, I love this take that he's taken because initially he wanted to make he wanted to make a movie about, or he didn't want to make, but he had a script that, uh, he had a script that was about aliens attacking. And he realized that that's not what he thought would happen. He said, if people are going to come, you know, they're not going to go to come 60 billion light beers to, to fight us, get all rowdy, you know, to quote Will Smith from independence day. Um, but you didn't quote him. Well, I'll tell you, that I know much. I kind of missed the line there. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> uh, but, didn't convince me. <laughs> <laughs> but Spielberg, he wanted to make a film about friendly aliens, you know, and, and this alien that, that has a true friendship with, with another, with a human being. And so, I, I mean, I love this movie. I think it's unbelievably good. And, uh, something that, something that I that really struck out to me this time. And I've, I've always loved the score from ET, but, uh, this time around, I think this might be John Williams best work. Honestly, I, oh, it's incredible. It, it, and it gets so good. And we'll talk about that later, but, um, I mean, it's unbelievable. And there's like the piano one at the end is, oh my gosh, it's just so, so good. I was humming John it. Dubs. I was humming it all last night, man. Like I could not get it out of my head and it's just, it's just, so good man johnny dubs and and i and i love the idea of you know john williams was used in jaws in 1975 and and, and maybe i'll just go over a little of the context for this movie so in 1975 spielberg sure. one of you know the biggest blockbuster ever made at that point was jaws and he used john williams and so that collaboration that duo was so successful in jaws and it was so epic and so they get back together for close encounters of the third kind which is also another alien movie directed by steven spielberg which is fantastic i don't know if we're necessarily necessarily going to talk about that one because this is the this is the better spielberg alien movie i would say not to the detriment of close encounters. It's an amazing movie. Um, but, and so at the, after that he makes, you know, 1941 Spielberg does, and it's really not a great movie. It doesn't do very well. And that's the first time that he as a director had failed. And so at that point he's like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? George Lucas comes up with the idea of Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. So they make that movie. And during the filming of Raiders of the Lost Ark, he has this idea in which he wants to film he wants to make a movie about his childhood experience and his parents got divorced as a young, as a young boy and his father kind of left the picture. And so he felt like a sense of abandonment and he wanted to recapture, um, 
an element of his childhood on screen, but add this fantastical element of aliens into, into this movie. And so he had somebody, uh, man, I should get, I should get her name, but, uh, I'll, I'll look it up in a second. Uh, but this writer to write a draft of it. And that's kind of where it started. It started in the, in the uh, desert of Tunisia while he's filming Raiders of the Lost Ark. He has this idea and it is very much, uh, Melissa, Melissa Matheson. That's it. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Um, but it's, it's very much, um, it's very much dedicated to his experience as a child. And, uh, I know that he's done many other movies, um, that talk about relationships between family members, but this one is probably the most personally significant to Steven Spielberg. And Elliot is very much representative of what, Steven Spielberg went through as a child. And so I think that that's, I think that that's why this movie is so good is because it was very much a, you know, it was a work of love. You know, he really poured everything he had into this movie because it was, it was him kind of trying to go through a cathartic cleansing of the emotions that he went to and represented on screen and in a cool way. Um, but I mean, and I just, the, the idea of ET and this, this cute little alien, I mean, it's, it's such a good movie, man. I, he is adorable. He yeah. is adorable. And so anyway, I, I don't know if I need to go too, too much further in anything, but, uh, man, E.T. is, I, I love E.T. And I, and honestly, if we were doing our top 10 favorite movies, um, I might be throwing this one in after this last rewatch. Cause there's, there's a couple on my list that I, I can't, I can't see putting E.T. over. I mean, it's hard a lot of times when you make those top 10 lists and stuff because things just aren't as fresh maybe as they need to be, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of just think of what pops out in your head. Um, I feel like I have a pretty solid five, but then there's just, it's like six know, through watch, 10, you could really rotate any of you your like 10 through 20. Like, <laughs> after watching warrior, you know, it's such a random movie, but <laughs> it's just for some reason so that movie good. just it's so good yeah or like uh or a friday night lights even though these are sports movies like they they pop on but um i definitely agree with you i think et is so well done um i just love the uh like the there's a, there's a certain feel of you know how stranger things kind of try to recapture it uh it kind of tried to recapture it you know the goonies that it starts off with all these little kids and they're playing what looks to be maybe dungeons and dragons or some some game where that involves rolling the dice right yeah um, i think it was dnd it looks I, like I'm not D&D. sure um they said a couple things that i didn't really um didn't really know but um it's just like you know and then the kids riding their bikes around the around the neighborhood and there's just, you know, what I loved is there's a scene in the movie where they all walk outside and they're going to the bus stop. And it's literally like every kid in the neighborhood joins together every single morning to get on the bus. And I just lo- I, I miss that because I had a sense of that growing up uh, when especially when we moved into the into town. You know, we'd ride our bikes around the neighborhood. And right, and right. During the summer, I'd get to um go out we didn't do as uh as good of things you know we'd probably egg houses and (laughs) i wasn't i wasn't wasn't the best kid but um you were coming out of your shell no but uh yeah it's just those those times are awesome and i think he kind of recaptures a little bit of that magic but he also recaptures the turmoil that's going on inside the family and uh i think that dinner near the beginning 
where Elliot kind of mentions something about the father and the father's in Mexico with his girlfriend. Right. And, right. Uh, I mean, just even those small little scenes, the dialogue in it is, is well written as well as the acting, um, kind of brings it over the top and it makes you feel something. And mm-hmm. that's, I think that's, that's what showcases a great film. Like even in these tiny scenes, you're feeling something. And so, uh, and then, you know, of course, little Drew Barrymore. <laughs> so, I know. Uh, she's just adorable. <laughs> oh, my There's gosh. a scene actually where where the mother lets Gertie go outside, and then she goes back upstairs. And it's like Gertie just goes outside, and I was like, gosh. It's like even that doesn't seem like that would happen nowadays, that you would let your, like, because she's like, what, like five Maybe six. Maybe. Like, yeah. she's really I, I little. I don't know if she... I think I feel like she's younger. She looked like four or like three or four. Maybe I'm, not. I'm going she five. Can, I would say five seems... Going strong five. But, I mean, even that, and it's just... It kind of... It gets you into that understanding of what the 80s were like and how not concerned people were with, like, the safety of their children because you mm-hmm. didn't have to worry that much, you know? Like, bad stuff didn't happen as often. So, I mean, yeah, I, I love that element of it. And I think that, I think that that's on two fronts. That's why it's successful as a movie is a Steven Spielberg went at it from the perspective of the children, you know, and it, it kind of like can compare it to like a Charlie Brown type feel where, you know, there's a lot of adults walking around, but it always shows it from, you know, it's always looking up at them and you barely even see him yeah. from like the waist down or something. And so it's very much from the perspective of the children and the adults seem like this other type of entity and other presence. Yeah. And, you know, even at the she's beginning, just so oblivious. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And she is just blissfully ignorant to everything that's going on yeah. like she should have figured out that there's an alien living in her house so many times but uh-huh. i mean and but anyway so like the adults are kind of this other entity in the film and i think that that makes it very successful as kind of the banding together of these children and also the banding together of the children is another element where this isn't a movie about a kid befriending an alien this is the story of a boy trying to figure his way out of the solitude of you know, experiencing your parents, uh, falling, you know, like their par- their marriage falling apart. And like this, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a fractured family at the current state. And so it's really like a unity between the family throughout the film. And, and I just, oh man, it's so good. And that's what makes a successful movie. It's not about the actual thing that the movie's about. It's about the characters within the movie. You know, it's not a movie about an mm-hmm. alien. It's about these characters. And so that's, I mean, this is, I could go on. on. I love ET, man. It's so good, so good. But um, let's let's talk about. So so, what do you think about like the introduction to ET? Pretty freaking scary. <laughs> it really is. It's scary it's, and it's and so terrifying, man. From the beginning, it's heartbreaking. You it know, is. I immediately was like kind of tearing up, and that's why I started this thing. And I was like, uh, come on, I don't want to do this. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I don't want to have to do this right now because he immediately gets separated from the pack. And then they're just leaving him, you know? And they just and then bail. You, they just bail. Yeah. And it's just like, gosh, that sense of abandonment is just, ugh, it's the worst, you know? Because mm-hmm. everybody kind of knows it. You know what I mean? You, you, you have, it's almost like when you're watching that scene, this thing in the back of your mind kind of takes over of that feeling that you get even as a kid or anytime when you're, when you're just left alone, you know, and mm-hmm. you want your family or you want your friends or whatever you need. Uh, maybe you're at taco Tuesday <laughs> and nobody shows up. Um, 
But yeah, it's just that scene's heartbreaking, but it introduces it well. <laughs> and he's so funny, the little sounds he makes. Ah! And he's I just, know. Like, running around. Um, they do a great job with all that. And then introducing the semi-villain, which I love how the villain is just a set of keys on the side of some guy's I know. Waist. And you know what his name is in the movie, in the script? No, actually, what is that guy's name? Keys. <laughs> That's his name? Yeah, it's just his name in the movie. Really? Isn't that funny? Oh yeah. my gosh, you're right, it does. Peter Coyote. That's Keys. crazy. That's I love it. And it's, it's great because, you know, even he gets into like a hazmat suit at one time and they show him like pushing the keys in and then zipping up the hazmat suit. And, um, gosh, I just, yeah, I love it. But yeah, I think the intro is great, man. And especially for 1982, that ship looks pretty darn real. Yeah, no, it's great. It looks awesome. Yeah. What are those aliens doing though? That's always my biggest concern is that, is it kind of just like, they're just trying to silently like observe earth you know, they just are kind of there, just collecting samples yeah. type of thing, trying yeah. to avoid trying to avoid uh, anybody anybody detecting them. But they're just kind of gathering gathering supplies. Probably. And, and I mean, it looks like there was a lot of different earthy things on their ship. Yeah, a lot of different yeah. like organic things, and I think that must be what it's what it's like. It's like a silent observation, which is interesting because at the end of the movie, it's like it could have gone another way. You know, you have this entire group of humans. Like the aliens could have all came down, and that have been like that first contact moment. But instead, it's just they just snag et and go away and you're like et yeah and it's just like do you guys not want to make contact with us like you are you've come to earth like what's your purpose here that that always kind of makes me curious as to as to what the purpose was of those aliens being there but it's rather interesting um but let's uh let's talk about some like performances of of the different characters how do you feel about uh henry thomas playing elliot uh he's uh, he's He's really good, man. Yeah, he's really he kills good. it. Yeah, he, and he kills like, it. I mean, his emotion whole, is great. The, like the first scene when his brother is playing like D and D, and just kind of like the whiny younger brother, like trying to trying to play, and he's you know kind of desperate for uh, acknowledgement from acknowledgement from all these guys. Yeah, and it's it's really good. I, I really like that scene, and I like Doesn't the character. Remind you of something? Yeah, it reminds me of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> David, <clears throat> yeah, very much what you were like with like me and my friends, though. I mean, not like the whiny, annoying, but like you always were well, kind of tagging along with us. So yeah, very very fun. I could see you as the L eight character, um, but I definitely I really like that. I like that group of boys, like the group of Mike's friends. They were all good casts. Yeah, yeah good casts. Awesome. I like it. Um, but I think, I think that a lot of the, a lot of this movie falls on the shoulders of Henry Thomas and he does a really good job and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of really emotional scenes that are pretty clutch. And so I, I really enjoyed him. Uh, he was fantastic. Uh, Mike, the older brother, I really enjoy Mike as well. So good. 
I mean that there's like a scene where he does like the Yoda voice and he just, he seems like such an older brother, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's what I like about this movie is that it's very, it's very representative of like relationships between siblings. You know, Mm -hmm. they have, especially when you're younger, they have those moments of being like complete jerks to each other. But at the end of the day, like they're still brothers and they're still brother and sister and they love each other and they support each other, you know? And so I I do, Mm -hmm. I do love those moments of, of the film. But um, I agree. Yeah. Drew Barrymore couldn't be cuter. Oh, she is cute as a button. <laughs> she is just the cutest little thing. And, and a, a lot of her dialogue is so adorable as well. Yeah. I don't like his feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> she's, yeah. She she's, is. Uh, she's great. Yeah. So how about the introduction to E.T.? I think that I think that might be one of the most well done scenes in the entire movie um, where Elliot thinks he he heard something and he goes out there to investigate and he throws the ball and then E.T. throws the ball back. And yeah. that scene is just like, oh, my gosh, man. Could you imagine? I would be so scared. I'd be so scared. I would have been absolutely terrified. I couldn't imagine something like that happening. It would I probably been... wouldn't go outside alone at dark, though. I think I was a little bit too scared to do that when I was a kid. No, that's a good point. I don't think that I would have even been out there. Like This wouldn't have happened to me because I there's no way I would have done that. So Yeah. And then he goes and sleeps outside. It's just like, I don't know. It's nonsensical, Elliot. What are you doing? You don't know what this thing but, is. I mean, I don't know. I grew up with the... Uh, you know, ABC or whatever on every single night talking about like serial killers and stuff, <laughs> you know, like there was those top stories every single night of like some, you know, buddy got kidnapped tonight and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I mean, maybe that was going on back then, but it, it, you're very right. Whereas like in 1982, it just seemed almost like a different world, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Everything yeah. was a little bit more just open and just like, okay, whatever. Just going outside. Not a big deal. Right. But I mean, this, you know, this could have gone just as it could have gone in the complete opposite direction. He goes out there and there's an alien in the corn and then it just eats him. You know what I mean? Or like or I know. brutally murders him. And it's like, oh, well, there you go. E.T. was not. E.T. <laughs> is not friendly. <laughs> not that great. guy does not. Yeah. Not your friend. Yeah. I love, man, the, the work of E.T., like whoever, like the people that are in the costume and like the little walking that he does, he's just adorable. One of the cutest little aliens that you ever seen little in your waddle. entire life. Yeah. Little penguin. Shift up. He does. He looks like a penguin. He looks exactly like a penguin. Yeah. That's what he is. That's what they are. Kind of looks That's like. That's what they are. He looks like binoculars too. the face. Yeah. His face is very binoculars-esque. <clears throat> yeah. Wally. No. Yeah, no, he looks like Wally. He totally does look like Wally. Wonder if I wonder if that had anything to do with the uh, character design of Wally when they when they made that. I film. doubt it. Doubt it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay. So I re- I really like the way that Elliot and Et kind of immediately become friends, and you know Elliot fakes staying home from school so that he can you know he can have a day to figure out because I mean what do you do you just took an alien up into your bedroom it's like all right this is gonna be 
interesting. How do I figure yeah. out what to do with this scenario? Um, but I, I love that scene when he's like sitting there showing ET all of his toys and he's like, this is Greedo. And then they can have battles and stuff like that yeah. because it's just such a childlike thing to do. You know, this kid literally, you know, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know much about the world. Like, what do you do if you have an alien this up in your Coca-Cola room? This is Coca-Cola drink, you know? <laughs> it's a drink. drink it. These are my toys. This is what they do. This is my fish, you know? And he, like, kind of terrorizes the fish for a second. Yeah. <laughs> like, gosh. This alien the shark is just can eat like, the fish. Nothing can eat the shark. Yeah. And you got to wonder how smart E.T. really is. Like, how intelligent is this creature? And how aware is he of his surroundings? And so I, I, that, that's something that fascinated me is just what's going through E.T.'s mind when yeah. Elliot is showing him all this stuff. Because I'm sure that it is all very foreign to him. But there's, there has to be some resemblance to his culture. You know, there there has to be something Definitely. something that would be similar within children in his culture or something like that. So he's probably just so much smarter. Oh yeah. Well, clearly, you know, he takes like a little ABC thing and then like you know a buzz saw and turns turns it into a device that can like contact outer space. <laughs> it's like he's yeah he's pretty he knows his stuff. Um, but I like I like that moment where. Elliot informs Mike, you know, he like Mike comes home from school and he's got like his football pads on or whatever. And Elliot's like, all right, I need to tell you about this because they could have had this be a movie where he tries to hide it from everybody. But that's what you do. Like if you had an alien and brought it into your room, you would have told me like immediately. Been like, oh, immediately. Yeah. yeah. So and I like I like how it's realistic in that respect. And then Gertie finds out, too. <laughs> That is just like the funniest scene. She just screams at this alien and oh man, I I love I love every every bit of the introductions because their their reactions are so spot on and and Mike Mike's reaction is great because he's like mm-hmm, doing like the Yoda voice and then he turns around and, and then he just, turns around just like, "Oh gosh, that's an alien." <laughs> or then they don't even know what it is. You know what I mean? They honestly don't know. And so because if you found that thing in the cornfield or where whatever it was beyond their property, what would you think that was? Would you immediately assume it's an alien? I guess I probably would, but I don't know if I would assume it's an alien. I would think it's just some monster as a kid. I would think it's a monster rather than an alien as an adult. I would think it's an alien, not a monster because it needs some sort of logical explanation for this thing. It does. But as a kid, anything gross, monster, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. Monsters and men. Yeah. Good band. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would feel or what I would do with that with that E.T. character showing up. I'd probably but, kill it. Honestly, you probably would. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Do you think you would just get aggressive immediately and try to, like, hurt it? No, I mean, I think it kind of makes sense. Like the the way that Elliot and E.T. kind of interact initially, um, which I think that they wanted to use Skittles instead of Reese's Pieces, but uh, Skittles turned them down and they were like, no, we're good. We don't want to be in that. And dude, Reese's... They're, Go ahead. Um, I'd say that they're just being snooty because Reese's Pieces are way better than Skittles, in my opinion. Well, yeah, but it's also interesting because they use Reese's Pieces in this movie and Reese's Pieces became so popular after this movie. 
like oh, I'm everybody sure. went out and bought Reese's Pieces because it's the thing that you'd get if you want to ensnare an alien. So, I mean, it's just hilarious. It's like, geez. You blew it. You really blew it on that opportunity, guys. Um, but, I mean, it makes sense because they kind of have this this subtle back and forth where, you know, he – you know, gives he throws those things out there to try to, to to try to gain the attention of whatever creatures out there, and then that creature slowly waddles up and then drops off the Reese's pieces, and he's like, "I don't think this thing has hostile intentions." Yeah, I don't me. think this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, dangerous. So they establish kind of a rapport with each other that's like very non-threatening, and they just are trying to like feel each other out, and I think it's done very well, and it and it seems like. It seems realistic in the sense that that could mm-hmm. that's probably how it would go in in some sense, you know, uh-huh. some semblance of how it would go. So what do you what what do you think about them being connected, like <laughs> ET and Elliot, as the movie kind of progresses and like you know the scene where ET's like drinking the beer or whatever, and he's in uh, he's in biology and right right, well, and he and starts I think- like getting. Dr- what do you think about all that? Well, I think that that is kind of the interesting thing about the movie too, is that this alien not only is there and he's not, and he's present on earth, but he also has superpowers as we would see it, you know, in, in his world, I'm sure it's just normal. He's telekinetic and he's not necessarily like telepathic, but he's more of like a Deanna Troy in, in Star Trek where he, he communicates, you know, via feelings. And so nerd. Okay. I, know. <laughs> I, know. I just mentioned Deanna. I'm a gamma ray. <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, I think that what, what is, what is that word? I'm, uh, there's a word for communicating via feelings, but either way, um, I think that that's like an interesting way to go. And it makes me wonder if that's how that alien race communicates. Do they communicate via feelings See, and project like images and stuff and you always into each feel other's like heads? That's how aliens would talk. I always feel like that's how they would be communicating. They're so advanced that it's just like purely mind Yeah, it's communication. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And maybe they are completely telepathic, but... Uh, E.T. has no way to understand the language yet. And so maybe yeah. he that's the only way he can communicate with with Elliot. But I, I love that part of the movie. Like I love initially when uh, he you know, they find out that he is an alien and he's rotating all that stuff above above them. And that's when Gertie mm-hmm. goes, what's happening? What's <laughs> like, happening? One of my favorite parts of the movie. But um, and so th- that happens. And then, you you know, at that, that day at school, you get the you figure out that the, yeah, they are connected. And when, when ET gets sick, Elliot gets sick. And when ET gets drunk, Elliot gets drunk and it's, it's really interesting. I mean, it's a really interesting part of the movie and it creates one of the best parts of the movie too. That scene where ET's watching TV and you know, he decides to let all the frogs go. I know <laughs> it's, and so he like spins the girl and stuff. Yeah, I love that. I know, that man. Great. The, and then the the girl after he kisses him, or after he kisses her, she you know tilts the tilts their heel the other way. Like, yeah. oh man, that's such a cute scene. It's such a cute scene. But what's with the mom coming home and not like she still doesn't even notice? And there's like empty beer cans all over, and like TVs on, not left on. Um. I don't know. 
I mean, yeah, I that's part just, of, I mean, that, I think that that's part of the humor is that it's kind of making that oblivious. It's making fun of parents because we've all experienced that moment where mom and dad came home and they're so wrapped up in whatever was happening and we're kids and we're always bugging them about various things. And so it's just kind of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. I hear you. You, you know, it's just, yeah. it's making fun of parents in that respect where, you know, your kids are always saying things and you kind of have to just filter out what's important, what's not important. But this kid actually has something really important that she's trying to communicate to you. And she's like, yeah, 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 that's great, honey. So, hey, I what mean, do you think this, I mean, this is, sorry, this is completely off topic as well. Oh, well, um, when he's in biology, they're going to dissect the frog and they kill and him stuff, first and they have to kill him right in front of the kids. <laughs> Um, did you ever, no, we always had like frogs that were frozen and then we would bring them out and they would thaw or something like that. And then we would dissect them. But you did dissect a frog. I, yeah, I have dissected a frog, but it was, I think we dissected a rat, honestly. Um, but it was dead and it's not like we killed it right there. I mean, that seems brutal, dude. I can't. I think I did too, but that is so, why do they make, why do they do that? I don't know. That just seems messed up to like make what? all these kids watch these things die. And even like not killing them and just having them dead and frozen. It's like, I understand you're trying to, you know, learn the, uh, the anatomy of uh, these I little mean, frogs and stuff. But I get it because in, in some way I think it, I think it's important for kids to have like an actual physical representation of what maybe, you know, obviously you can't, you'd get a cadaver or something and use the human anatomy, but the anatomy of some sort of, uh, you know, biological being some biological entity. So I feel like it puts more trauma on a kid than it does help. I mean, maybe that trauma is good though. You know what I mean? I guess <laughs> this is- wasn't for Jeffrey Dahmer. I'll tell you that. One. <laughs> <laughs> just watch a Jeffrey Dahmer documentary. Now you just know everything. <laughs> I thought it was weird, though, when the frog jumped off and did the, hello, my baby, hello, my honey. honey." (laughs) Was this a Warner Brothers film? (laughs) Um, Uh, Just kidding. Sorry, that's off topic, though. I mean, it's, yeah, skipping forward, whatever. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that whole scene was great. I love that scene, and it's Uh fantastic. And I think that that starts setting up the movie in a really good way is that there is this connection that is so deep between Elliot and E.T. And, I mean, that's the crux. I didn't remember that. Yeah, and, and that's the crux of the movie, isn't it? You know, is that these these guys are really, you know, deeply interwoven now. Like they and they become such strong friends, the best friend you've ever had. And uh-huh. you know, and I think that that's a big part of this movie too. And maybe I could talk about this later. But the testament to friendship and how you can befriend somebody that is so different from you, but have a deeper, yeah. deeper understanding of each other than anybody ever has. So I mean, that's it's fantastic. It's a great movie, um, but. What happens next? I'm trying to think of uh, the next, like, kind of next kind of big thing, um, and that's that's when they, you know, ET wants to phone home, right? Yeah, Is, so that's he what, comes that's home they, and Gertie's been teaching ET to speak. She's you know, be good <laughs> and all that stuff, and then he. Elliot comes home and he says, be good, I think, or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, oh my gosh, he, sp- he spoke, you know? And it's this, this huge revelation to all the kids. And I, I mean, that, that seems beautiful, but E.T. phone home. Um, 
And so they, there you have it. Yeah, there you have it. That's, I mean, that's, and then that's what starts the movie off in the direction of where the movie goes. And so they gather all the stuff for them and then they, you know, go out at night. And I love the, the little ruse that they pull on the mom of switching Gertie and ET. I know with the alien. And that's like the blissful ignorance. It, that does not look like Gertie. That's that, not your daughter. <laughs> it's so that's hundred percent not your daughter under that. So clearly not your daughter, Everyone but she just is falling it. for it. And it's like, oh, it's so funny because <laughs> she's just, you know, she's dressed up. She's probably going to some party and she just does not care. I love how Mike has the knife in his head too. Ouch. Like, Ouch. <laughs> gosh, you have a knife in your head. I know. Well, and that, and that happens at some point and, and we find out that that's another big power that ET has is that he has the ability to heal and mm-hmm. it's fan. You know, that's like, that's another cool thing that he can do. Something else that <clears throat> I don't know if you, uh, if you knew this, but, um, I guess in in Steven Spielberg's mind, he didn't think of um, he didn't think of E.T. as like a, a mammalian. I don't know if that's the way to say it, as a mammal per se or like, you know, the normal type of alien being. He kind of viewed him as a plant that he was like a walking, talking plant, you know, and he his his. Uh, species grows like that. So I, I don't know if you ever knew that. That's that's what Steven Spielberg said, and that was his view of this alien culture, is that they were more like plants than they were like, you know, like uh, biological beings in, in the sense in that sense of the word. That is so weird. I know. Isn't that weird? I like literally just learned that like yesterday when I was watching some behind the scenes stuff. And I, I didn't realize that, but I don't know if I necessarily Looks like a mammal to me, dude. <laughs> Maybe not a mammal, but like something, you know, um, you know, he's definitely, definitely a, a biped. That's for sure. Uh, but you know, walks on two legs. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. But I mean, I don't know. I'm not fantastic with science, so I can't go into the, all the various things that would be the differences and all that well, stuff. You know, the thing is uh, when you have an organic property like that, um, <laughs> well, it's a, a funny discussion. Um, <laughs> not much hair on him. So he is a naked little all. guy. Yeah, he's just a, a butt naked little plant running around. <laughs> Usually when I leave the spaceship, I go naked, fuck naked. Hi, sorry, Miss Johnson. <laughs> that uh, scene from Santa Claus. Um, anyway, so then that's when a- Elliot and that's, oh, and that's the big scene. And that is not yeah, quite, that's, my, that's not quite my favorite scene. And we could go into favorite character, favorite scene, favorite line, stuff like that. But mine's not coming up anytime soon. So, um, but that's the scene where Elliot lifts off with E.T. and they fly on the silhouette of the moon. I would love to get a really nice painting of that. Oh, it's such a beautiful it scene, man. And it's that's so and that's the big the bike going across the moon and the right, you know, the, right. the hallmark scene. I think it's on the cover of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And that's I mean, and that's a, that's been a staple of Steven Spielberg ever since when uh, you know, Amble Amblin Entertainment came out. That was the that was the um little oh yeah it that is. was the it thing is at the, the beginning yeah. Going, yeah. yeah so i mean it's a big staple for him and it's one of the most beautiful scenes ever in any film so it's fantastic um but then elliot and et get sick together and then uh, that's that's one of my favorite parts is so elliot is has come home and the mom has already called the police and all that stuff. And the mom rushes Gertie up to her room or something so she can take better care of Elliot. And Elliot looks in Mike and goes, you got to find him, Mike. You got to find him. 
and it's just like that bond between brothers, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm too sick. I lost him. I don't know what to do. You got to find him, Mike. And Mike is just all over it and Mike just goes. sprints he's out gone. on his bike. And he's like, I got to find this alien because, you know, he's he's connected to this, too. Now, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's a part of E.T.'s life. He's, he's in this. Yeah, he's in. I mean, how, how would how would you not be? <laughs> he's in <laughs> this know? life for good now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we skipped over that one scene where uh, E.T. sees Yoda. Love that reference. Hey, very- did you get the uh, the subtle John Williams in there, too? No, I didn't. John Williams does a uh, oh why am I what's what's Yoda's theme? Yeah. Um. I get these themes mixed up so much, but John Williams he actually does a little subtle change in the music and does the Yoda theme for a second. Does he really? He does, and I noticed that. And I, yeah, I wrote it down and I was just like, that is so cool. That is, that's amazing. He has the ability to just do that as well. Like he has the creative freedom just to be like, I did that subtle nod. Boom. You know, cause it, it, and it's just like a few notes because the themes are so similar. It sounds like it's in the same exact key. And so it's just like a couple little notes there and he can just do that. And oh yeah, it gave me goosebumps. I was just like, oh, nice. It's so good, my little green friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's treason, then. <laughs> I've been spending way too much time on our prequel memes lately on Reddit. <laughs> like, I just have okay. so many freaking Star Wars prequel quotes going through my head all the time. But anyway, we're getting on to the better parts of the movie. This is where the fun begins. So This is where the fun begins. <laughs> But, um, so Mike finds E.T. and they bring back E.T. And that's, I love that part of the movie where Mike tells his mother, you know, uh, swear the, the, the most, the best swear or the best promise you can ever make, whatever he says. Uh, and the mom walks in the room and it's just like, what's going on in here? (laughs) You know, it's like, there's a freaking white alien laying on the ground. What does she say? She says something like that's fantastic or something like that. Yeah. And I'm assuming she thinks that it's, yeah, like that's a fake or uh, yeah, Yeah. a model that they created to show her or something. And then it's like, Oh God, no, they're, my kids are in this bathroom and there's an alien laying on the floor. Everybody out. Everybody out immediately call the police. And that's the parents ruin the fun. You know what I mean? Just Uh immediately bring in the authorities, whatever. And, and that's where I love where this movie goes is that it's, you know, the, the reasonable response is that the authority would come in and, you know, it would be the United States government, but whatever government this country or this place was taking or this was taking place in, but you know, they would come in and they're not doing anything wrong. Like they quarantine this house and they try to save ET the best they can. Like they really don't do anything wrong. You know yeah, what I not, mean? They're not but, very villainous. No, they're you know, not. They're not doing anything wrong, but in the eyes of the children, the children, you know, they are just like, <laughs> so bad you know elliot's like you're killing him and like freaking out this whole time and it's like dude they're trying to save his life they're not actually doing anything wrong but in the eyes of a child everything does look different and these 
adults do look like authority figures that are trying to they don't see et for what he is they see him as an experiment or something to be studied and he's like no this is like my best friend dude so Uh i love i love all of that and i mean there's nothing more symbolic of like the 80s than that uh that astronaut showing up at the door and that's a moment that kind of takes me out of the movie just because me too it's a little little bit. bit It's a little bit on the nose, you know. Well, I'm sitting there just going, yeah, why are you in a space suit? Exactly. Hazmat suit is understandable, but what are you doing? You're not on Mars. You're on Earth. Yeah. And you're just walking up to a house. It's like, that makes no sense. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of just a dramatic effect thing where they're like, let's put them in astronaut suits because that would be crazy. You know, and it's it's not really what would happen, but it's... I mean, it, it looks cool having and all these astronauts NASA on the suit too. It's like, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, it does. It does seem it's a little on the nose for sure, but it's still, it's still good. You know, it's, it's still a cool scene. And then they quarantine ET and, uh, and man, that, that whole part when ET is getting like, Trying, they're trying to revive him, and he's this dying. Is, this is our concern, dude. This is why... <laughs> and this is why you freaking... This is why don't I don't like want to watch this movie. movie. Yeah. Because it gets to that scene, and I knew it was coming, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. It's just too hard to watch. I hate watching things die, you know, or things not be healthy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, you know that E.T. doesn't die. Like, he I comes know, back. I know, but... It's the Lazarus effect. Just sad. It is. It is really sad. <laughs> it's like, just really sad. When he goes, man, it's just horrifying. So sad. Mm-hmm. But uh, this might be a good spot to get into at least favorite character. Sure. Um, why don't yeah. you? Why don't you go ahead with yours? Why don't, why don't you say your favorite character and we'll? Uh, and yeah, go ahead. Um. F- uh, so my uh, my favorite character is Michael, the older brother. Oh, funny. For sure. Cool. Cool. He has a very, he just, it's like in the beginning, cause he reminds me of you a lot. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> in the, in the beginning, <laughs> such a dumb laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the beginning of the movie, he, uh, he's just the older brother that doesn't believe the younger brother, whatever. And throughout the movie, he has just like this, this whole redemption throughout the entire thing. At the beginning, you kind of think he's just like a jerk, like his friends and he has his whole group, but then you figure out that he does like his brother. And then, you know, when he's like, I have this goblin, he kind of makes fun of him for a second, but then he comes in and he's like, Oh, you have, Oh my gosh, you have an alien. And then like you, like you said before, like he's willing to do anything for his younger brother, you know? He cares and he cares so much about Elliot and and what's happening here. And he does go, you know, rescue E.T. as he's lying in that river. Um, And uh, I think a lot of the emotional responses that I got from this movie um, probably should have been from Elliot. But most of them were from Michael just because of, I think, just that older brother effect and watching out for your younger brother type um, type relationship they have. So, yeah, he's my. He's my favorite. Good that's call, my man. No. And I think that that's I think that that's why that character is so effective because Elliot is the obvious person that's directly influenced by ET, but mm-hmm. um, you know, Michael is very much like this, you know, he's the Samwise Gamgee of the story where he's mm-hmm. willing to 
he's doing everything that he can to back his brother up and try to rectify this situation and, and help out in any way that he can. And it, it is, it's very good. And yeah, I agree. Michael's Michael's an awesome character and, and he's pretty funny. He has some good stuff. Um, he does have some funny. I really like that scene. There's the one scene where um, Elliot and uh, Gertie and Michael are all in the closet together and they're telling Gertie that she can't say anything. And he's like, do it. Mike <laughs> tosses the doll back. And Mike goes, and she's like, no! <laughs> like tortures yeah, her doll. That Cause that's such a thing, you know, it's it like, is. it's kind of like, I mean, this is kind of messed up, but I used to say, uh, you're not my brother anymore to you when you would tick me off and you would like freak out, like thinking that it was real. <laughs> I know the end of the world. <laughs> and like, Jerk. it's just, it's such a mean thing to do as an older brother, but it's like, I would say you're not my brother anymore. And you would immediately be like, no. And like, it, I feel like that's very similar to, you know, Mike torturing his little, his little sister's doll, you know? And she's like, yeah, ah, I know. Don't torture my doll. Cause it's like, it's not real. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you didn't mean that though. Right. Well, of course we're still really brothers. Okay. We're good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, we'll that never would scare me. We'll never stop being brothers, dude. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Such an emotional scene. That's good. Um, that's great, though. Good, good choice, and Mike. Um, you yeah. know, I I wanted to be, I wanted to do something different than the obvious choice, but at the end of the day, like I just have to say, you know, Elliot is obviously my favorite character. Um, I don't, I don't think that there's, I don't think that there's any other choice for me. I just, I really enjoyed that the kid's acting ability, like his performance is great. Um, he has some really good lines and some really beautiful moments and, you know, he goes through all of this stuff with ET and I think, and I think ET could be, I think ET could be your favorite character too. Um, but E.T. and Elliot, I think I think that Elliot goes through much for much more of a transfiguration or at least a he has a character arc in the film. And I really I really enjoy watching um, everything that that happens to Elliot. And he has he has some really good lines like uh, when they when they help Elliot or when they help E.T. escape. Um, well, gosh, I don't want to steal anything from you, but I don't think this oh, is. Oh, no, yours. you're all good. You're yeah. all good. No, I think that he says. Oh. Uh, uh, Gosh, dang it. Where'd it go? Oh yeah. So he looks at all the friends and they're like, you know, awestruck by this alien coming out of the back of this van. And he goes, he's a man from outer space and we're taking him to, into his spaceship or taking him to his spaceship. It's just so matter of fact, it's such a little kid, such a little kid thing to say. And then the Greg, the other character goes, well, can't, can't he just beam up? And he goes, this is reality, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, it's such, it's such good moments like that where it's, you know, this kid, you know, he's been desperate to try to appease and get the recognition from his older brother's friends. And in that moment, he like, doesn't care anymore. You know, like this is, this is his thing. And, um, what it, I mean, gosh, I think he says, uh, something like when, when ET's dying, he's like, you must really be dead because I can't feel you anymore or something mm-hmm. like something like that. And it's just like, Oh gosh, it's heart wrenching. Heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. the relationship is between ET and Elliot. This is our concern, dude, but it's just, it's so good. It's so fantastic. No, I love it. I think you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Uh, favorite character, Gertie, no doubt. 
No, I mean, it's true. If we're all being honest, like Gertie is the cutest thing ever. Drew Barrymore is just Gertie. No doubt. (laughs) Seriously, though, I mean, if we're being honest, it is Gertie. Like she She is is the the best best part of the movie. She is just adorable. I know. My gosh. He's amazing. Um, Also, shout out to Keys, though, you know, uh, Peter Coyote. I think that he's a great character and, you know, he's Mm -hmm. been vilified this whole movie. But then he really is just Elliot like 20 years or 30 years down the line. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, he says, Elliot, he came to me, too. I've been wishing for this uh, since I was. Oh, sorry. My bad. My favorite line. Oh, well, you go ahead. You you go ahead then. Let's get on with favorite lines then. Uh, you know, some things have come to light here, Dave. Um, <laughs> um, he Well, he says all that, and then uh, my favorite part about that, and it's my favorite line in the movie, um, but yeah, it's from Keys, and he talks about how he came to him when he was 10 and stuff, but then he says, Elliot, I don't think he was left here intentionally, but his being here is a miracle. It's a miracle, and you did the best that anybody could do. I'm glad he met you first. That and is I, such a good line. And I just loved that. I think it, it, you're completely right where it's like he is just Elliot like 30 years later or 20 years later. And, uh, I mean, he's almost kind of living vicariously through the kid. But then it, he does have – it's like all these characters. You're – Sorry, I keep saying you're exactly right, but you are. It's like when it comes to a movie, it's not about what the movie's about. It's what these characters are going through. And like it seems like each little individual character has some sort of redemption or some trial that they go through. And even this guy, it's like you don't even know him. He doesn't have much dialogue. But by the end, he isn't like after them whatsoever. He's with them watching the spaceship. You know, he's not like... it's like it brings out the little kid in him again. Um, and I loved that. But yeah, I loved his acting too, Peter Coyote. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting uh, for like an Acme train to fall on him or something. Oh, I know. <laughs> Wiley Coyote. Oh, there you have it. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, man. It's, yeah, he's great character. That's a good line, dude. That, that's one that I actually considered is my favorite line, but... Uh, I, I went generic in this one because I just I just wanted to recognize like the parts that draw me in um, the the parts that that are amazing to me and it, it can't really be can't really be ignored how incredible they are um, so but I mean my favorite line takes place at the very end of the film um, okay so why don't so you go ahead forward. And, well I I just want to say do, do you want to just say what your favorite scene is is yours be, because my I can talk a lot about my favorite scene um so possibly what's your favorite scene as well uh my favorite scene is just the entire ending so is it where okay so where does your favorite scene start um it starts i'd I'd actually probably say my favorite scene is the ending between elliot and et okay and them okay them talking so it, okay. it starts pretty much like right there when it starts being like he says his goodbyes to michael he says his goodbyes to gertie and then it's like that oh gosh yeah, here that we go yeah um yeah. do you want to kind of just i mean is all your stuff right there too pretty much <clears throat> okay so here's here's my point is I, I so i'm gonna switch to my favorite scene because since your favorite scene is pretty much my favorite line we might as well just talk about what happens right before that which is my favorite scene as soon as 
they decide, you know, it's like when they look and E.T. is alive, you know, <laughs> his people are coming to save him and his his being has suddenly, you know, I don't know how he suddenly became alive again, but he did. And like that moment's great with Elliot crying and stuff like <laughs> faking crying and stuff and trying to hide the fact that everything. But then he gets Mike on board. home. Phone home. E.T. Phone home. E.T. Phone yeah. home. Like, I love that part. But then they get Mike on board and they get in the van and they steal that truck. And then basically right there that I th- I think that they get in the they get in the van and then they signal to those other guys, meet us at the wherever. And so they've stolen E.T. They go on the ride and then they all get on the bikes and starting uh-huh. at the bikes. That's my favorite part because, and this is what I'll compare it to. That is one of the most well-directed slash well-scored scenes in cinema history. And up until the very end of the movie, and this is a, this is an analogy I made to a friend last night. It feels like the like 90, whatever, 92, 93 bowls, like in the last, in the fourth quarter of a game, it's like, you know, Steven Spielberg is dribbling down the court and he freaking thinks about shooting the three passes it to John Williams. John Williams drains it from the corner, man. Every single moment is freaking incredible. And then all of a sudden, you know, like the score balls for a second. <laughs> and he can pass. But like, I'm not kidding, man. When they all start writing and the, the score starts to swell so much and the da na 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 and it gets so freaking epic. And then Steven Spielberg is just directing or, you know, he's following these kids as they're like riding across these little hills and in like throughout, you know, develop like sub the suburban developments and stuff. And it's just such a beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. And I mean, oh, my gosh, man, I've, I've never seen. John, I think John Williams is at his absolute peak. I've I don't know this last oh, time yeah, watching ni- it. It 1982, was 1982. He's like. 50 years old or something or late forties. And he's just, I mean, he would just be peak. I mean, he is so creative and so great in this movie. It is probably Johnny Dubb's best work. I I think this last time, man, starting from when they get on the bikes, like the music is so freaking good. And then Mm -hmm. when the kids get lifted up into the skies, Oh yeah. I I mean, cause I think it then goes into the, you know, the main, the main theme of the movie and it, Mm -hmm. Oh man, it swells so big and it's so epic. And I mean, it just, it's like, I was already like, like just flush, like ready to cry when that is happening because the music is just overpowering to me. And then, you know, and so then they get done with their, you know, they get done flying and all that stuff. And then they get to that last scene. And I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. You know, all these characters watch as this alien ship lands and it's, and I think that this, I think that this is where, this movie is so successful and that duo between Steven Spielberg and John Williams is that few directors had taken, and there haven't been very many, um, many composers that have been that good that can make an emotional staple on a movie just with the music alone. Well, they, it's a, it's an emotional staple and a seatbelt on the viewer as well. It's like, you're not going to go anywhere right now and you're forced to love this. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nothing you can do. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is going to be the best thing you've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they take the time to have 
because you know obviously the composer writes the music after the movie is already done but steven spielberg knows that he has johnny williams he has got johnny dubs writing the music for this and so he has these scenes that are played out very long he has these there's no dialogue going on it's just focusing on a character's face but he knows that john williams is going to come through with a score that is so effective and will create the emotional stakes for that scene you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. so i mean it's it's brilliant work between them because it is it is a collaboration in the truest sense of the word and one of the most one of the truest collaborations between a director and a composer that like, ever you know and and he knows because at this point johnny williams has done star wars and he did empire strikes back and so i think that he as a composer is really has really progressed and he's getting really confident in his abilities and so i don't know man it's just i think the music is probably my favorite character <laughs> because it's yeah, just it's so good man it's so good and at the end it's it's better than you could you can possibly uh, it's you know, it's better than it could have than it should have been it had any right to be it's better, better than, than a game winner yeah it is man it's better than damian lillard sinking that three against the rockets like four or five years ago i mean it's better than anything it's incredible well, it's a lot better than their playoffs this year I'll yeah tell you that that's much. right nice little sweep get the janitor out um but yeah, so you you go you go ahead and, and talk about your favorite scene, and I'll wrap it up because my favorite line is the last line of the movie. So, um, it's just the it's the most emotional thing in the world, you know. Like I said, it goes Gertie, and then it goes Michael saying goodbye. I love I love though, like Michael that whole back and forth between him and Michael because Michael like touches his head and is you know, and it's like it, it feels like they overcome this barrier as well. And it's like he hasn't been like that. He doesn't hasn't developed a relationship, but he's been close to his brother who his brother is close to this thing, you know, and all of a sudden he realizes like, gosh, I love you kind of (laughs) too. Yeah. But uh, does Gertie say I love you? I think Elliot says I love you. No, Elliot says, um, Elliot, Elliot said it say, early though. Earlier. He says then, I love yeah, you. He says yeah. it earlier. And then Gertie Gertie says I love you as well. And they say ouch, I think, together or something. Well that um, yeah, I mean that's the Yeah, that's the that's the big one. But um yeah, so Michael and they do that. You know what I'm picturing this whole time though? Because it keeps flashing as soon as it gets to Elliot and ET, keeps flashing to everybody's faces, and I just picture freaking cop coming out of the jump, you know, out of the forest. Boom! Oh my god, just shoots ET. No! That's that's what I was picturing the entire time. I know he starts an intergalactic war. I know. um, But yeah, anyway. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) Gary! Gary! Um, But yeah, so that scene between Elliot and ET is just like, it's just too much and uh i think leading all the way up they have their little dialogue and their conversation but then leading up to like the physical hug and the music swell and like that that peak moment of the film is just like oh gosh um it's just too much for me it just just the emotions and john dubs right there in the background it's just so well directed and such a beautiful scene to me so yeah, and then you go ahead with the the last line there. 
Yeah, totally. No, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And I think that, I think that the dialogue leading up to this last line is really good too. Um, you know, ET says you come with me or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And then Elliot kind of gestures, no stay, which is a word that ET is familiar with. And then ET goes, ouch, you know, and it's just like, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's an emotional hurt. And I I love Mm -hmm. that. I love the, like the, you know, how symbolic that is of their relationship. Just ouch. Um, I think that that's super great, but, um, you know, they're both super emotional and ET, he says words that he hasn't said yet in the film. I'm like honestly getting emotional just talking about it, but um, it's okay. It's okay. Keep going. It's <laughs> okay. Know. No, but uh, you know, ET looks at him and he points his finger at E, like in between uh, Elliot's eyes, and goes, mm. "I'll be right here." And you're just like, "Oh, oh gosh!" gosh. <laughs> it's like no matter what, ET's leaving, and he's probably never gonna see Elliot again. But know that I'll always be with you. It's like. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> you're crying. <laughs> it's so good, dude. It sucks, man, because I watch this movie every every time I watch this movie, man, I tear up so much during that scene. Like I'm honestly teared up right now. I am too. And let it stand, like, in the record that we literally both, like, have red eyes right now. Oh, gosh. It's so good, though. It's so beautiful, and I just, I love that. And then, you know, and like I said, it Steven Spielberg takes that moment of drawing out the reaction of every single character as, you know, it's like the door slowly closes, and it shows Elliot's reaction. The door keeps slowly closing, and then you see the silhouette of E.T. like wave goodbye, and then the the ship slowly lifts off the ground, and instead of doing the dun 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 dun, dun like that standard score, mm-hmm. it just goes dun 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 and just like stays on that note and it's just such a loud brass noise and it's Uh like oh my gosh man i i don't know it's one of the most powerful endings to a movie ever and it's incredible that obviously you know this is this is a big moment i mean it's it's an alien spaceship taking off from earth but i mean gosh the emotional stakes that they created with it it's just it's so effective it's so effective and mm-hmm. I don't know, man, I, I, one could, one could make the argument that ET is the greatest film ever created. Like it is I such know. a good movie, man. It's unbelievable. Oh, I can't even, I can't even get over it, man. I say every time I watch it, I just am blown away. And I, I, I think a- this is in my top 10 now. This is my top 10 easily after, after watching it this last time, I'm like, yeah, this, this gets me more than Armageddon. <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. Like there's movies in my um, top 10 that it's just yeah, like, I just didn't like it. Just not a fan. I was not <laughs> a fan. Hate it. Um, do Mary and keys get together? I know. I don't think so, but I don't know. You know, lonely hey, people maybe. get together. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, um, it's like they both probably randomly, meet each other and they're like hey we went through this crazy thing together i'm sure they hooked up (laughs) (laughs) she'd have a better shot with et
Oh, okay. Well, no, great movie. I think that's. I think we said all all that we need to say on it. I mean, <laughs> we've laughed and we've cried already. So I think that's. Yeah. I think that's good. Um, so, yeah, ET, fantastic film. Uh, would you say that this movie's better than School of Rock, or would you rather watch this, or would you rather watch School of Rock? Uh, I'd rather watch School of Rock. And that's that's pure that's pure honesty because I I think this movie is one of the greatest films of all time. Um, I probably don't want to watch it again though for another long time now because it yeah. is so emotional to me that like I don't I don't really want to go through what I just went through again. <laughs> you right, know? right. No, it's no, a tough I hear one you. to tough one to watch, but it's freaking the best ever. Uh, School of Rock, I can turn on any day. So yeah, I would rather watch School of Rock. Yeah, I think that I think that that's pretty much true. I think I feel like you would lean on the other side, though. Yeah, I think that this I think I would rather watch this in School of Rock, but that's because E.T. is I don't know. This last time when I watched it, I was like, man, I could just start that over again. It's so good. But, you know, School of Rock is obviously the School of Rock's the movie I would send to aliens. You know, they're like, give give us one one movie, one movie. To show, to tell us what human culture is like and what humans are like, I'd send him School of Rock. School of Rock. No I would send doubt. him Jack Black with the DVD and say, "Talk to this guy, watch this movie, talk to him." That's what humans are like. This That's is the best. What we, this is the best is the human best we specimen. have to offer. Yeah, yeah. he's the he's, best specimen that has. Yeah, that we could showcase in human form. He's yeah, funny. He can be emotional. Can be charming. Um, you know. He's a pretty bright dude too. I think he's fairly intelligent. So yeah, yeah. he's intelligent. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, and might I mention, not a half bad singer as well. Terrific singer, fantastic. Terrific voice. Yeah. yeah. No. Great. Uh, you put him in one role in this movie. What would it be? E.T. No doubt. E.T. <laughs> Gertie all the way. No, you don't, don't replace Gertie. I don't know who he could be, honestly. Um, he could be Keys. He could probably be Keys. Yeah, it's weird, though. This is definitely a movie where there's just no adults in this movie. There's not he, a lot of adult presence as well as, like, male adult presence besides yeah. Keys near the yeah. end. Yeah, he could do the mom. Like, be the mom, not, you know. Gosh. I know. Yeah, that confused me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I he could, could see, be the mom. You know, pulling a, a wig on Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, pull it put a wig on it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, this, um, but so I'm excited. So we're doing this alien series and I'm just so excited because I feel like this already has been a great discussion and we can continue this conversation on into other movies because it's so fun to investigate like what other directors and other writers have thought, you know, an alien presence would be like, because I think this is a good way to start it out because mm-hmm. ET is such a, it's such a friendly version of what aliens are like. And this is such an optimistic view. Um, and so it'll, it'll be fun to, to investigate other, other films and what their, how their view of aliens is. So I'm, I'm pumped. I think that, I think we're probably going to talk about it in black next week. Is that right? Or are we going to try to do signs? Uh, either way. I guess we'll figure yeah. it out. So we'll yeah, let you we'll know. That We're going to do one of those. So looking, looking, looking forward to it quite a bit. Um, a little bit of social media. 
uh, we're stoked lately just with, uh, with everything, with iTunes, with SoundCloud. Um, looks like a lot of people are listening, which makes us really happy. Um, if you want to check us out on iTunes, we're at Professor Jones. Uh, please subscribe or uh, leave a review or uh, however many stars you want to give us. Uh, that helps us out a ton. I've been trying to share that as much as I can and just kind of get that out there. But um, follow us on Instagram, Professor Podcast. Uh, you can uh, do facebook.com slash Professor Podcast. We do have a website. It is up, uh, professorjones.com. And uh, besides that, you can find me on Twitter at uh, bro underscore digs. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram at Daniel Hunter Jones. Dave, where can I find you on Instagram? Uh, you can find me on Dave TJ23, I believe. Dave T- Michael Jordan. That's there right. you have it. Best player in the world. Um, actually, that's starting to become pretty debatable, but I still think Michael Jordan's greatest of all time. Yeah, LeBron's kind of killing it lately. But with how that guy's playing, who boy. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's, uh, that's it for me. Well, we'll be looking forward to next week, guys. Until then, be living our lives quarter mile at a time. Ouch.